0: Good afternoon, good evening, everyone. James Hicks here from Hicks New Media. I hope your day is going well. Uh, if it's not, it's about to get a lot better. I've, I've got a man behind the curtain right now who is a true friend of mine. I've known him for longer than I can count on both hands, way before we both had gray hair. But Brian Tippins, listen, this, this man here, humanitarian, he's a philanthropist. He's a lawyer. He's a technologist. He's all that plus more rolled up into one. Brian has spent probably the last 20 plus years of his professional career focused on increasing diversity, cultural awareness and driving social responsibility at the original Silicon Valley technical startup. That would be Hewlett Packard. Brian has been on on a number of stages, right? And he's spoken to a lot of world leaders and has an incredibly broad and global perspective. Today, we're going to talk a little business, but I really wanted to spend some time talking to Brian about topics that may be more near and dear to his heart, initiative that that he's personally focused on and kind of get his perspective on the state of the world. Ladies and gentlemen, with
1: that, Mr. Brian Tippins, how are you, sir? I am well. Thank you so much for that incredibly kind introduction, James. I got to say, it's probably 20 plus years that we've known each other, right? Well, see, and now, uh, now you're, you're dating yourself. I, I didn't yeah, want to do that to I'm you. Dating, I'm dating you too. It's 20 plus <laughs> years. And, and and when you talk about the gray, I may or may not sometimes dye some of my gray out. I won't admit that here, but yes, it's been quite some time. And I, I'm honored to be here with you and your your listeners today.
0: Thank you, sir. No. So I was, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that, right? Because- yeah. Again, like I like I said in the intro, you've been on stages before. You you, you know right. this video content creation, uh, public speaking world. Yeah. I'm gonna throw you under the bus, brother. Literally two minutes okay. before we went online, you said you was gonna get yourself taken care of, get your get your face done, get your makeup right, and all that. And I love what? that. I know I love that because what? no one no one else right understands the fact of yeah. making the the, the three-point lighting right, making sure they're not shining on camera. But you live this world and literally said, you know what, let me let me go make sure that I'm right before we go live. So I appreciate
1: you on that, sir. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you a funny story. So, <laughs> so I do a lot now in this environment via Zoom. We're, we're blessed to be able to have this technology to reach out to audiences around the world. We haven't missed a beat despite... COVID but I remember days before COVID where I would literally be on a stage and I've yep. got the benefit of having a great corporate production crew including makeup artists before I go out on a big stage because the cameras are on high def all those things and it's funny when they schedule us for these webcast corporate gigs they schedule the gentleman in for like a one or two minute slot they'll schedule the women in for like a five or ten minute slot and whenever I would see my slot I'll say no give me ten minutes I want all of it <laughs> I want the, <laughs> I the, the whole thing right <laughs> I've, I've, James, I've honestly even been airbrushed before, but it's because, you know, you want to make a good impression, right? It's the brand means everything. That is true. And it doesn't mean you have to, it doesn't mean perfection by any means. It means that to your suggestion, we take this seriously, right? We know we we value the time of those who are taking the time to listen to us and hear. And so we, we put a lot into it, right?
0: I appreciate that. And you know what? And that brand means everything. Let's talk on that just in just a little bit, but first and foremost, I, I gave you the, quick elevator pitch, but I would love to have you describe who is Brian Tippins to the audience.
1: Yeah, I'd be happy to. And we could talk to a career journey if that's of use, but talking about the current role. So I work for Hewlett Packard Enterprise. It's a company that was born out of the separation of HP Co. in a two net new publicly traded companies a year ago. So we we hearken back to the legacy of Bill Hewlett, Dave Packard, that founding Silicon Valley company that was born in a garage in 1939, right? And so in this current company, I've been honored to hold a number of progressively increasing responsible roles inside the company. I spent some time as our chief diversity and inclusion officer. And so in my current role, my day job, I am our chief sustainability officer. I lead a global team that helps look after our environmental social governance agenda, where they're talking about our environmental impacts, our carbon footprint, the energy efficiency of our products, um, but also the social aspects right of our supply chain social responsibility and, empl- and supply chain diversity and human capital metrics all those things that fall under environmental social and i also additionally wear the hat of being our President of our foundation, the Hewlett Packard Enterprise Foundation, which is our 501c3, our nonprofit that helps to do, you know, engage in philanthropic giving around the globe and and make investments in communities that align with our our business priorities. And so I think, man, I've got one of the best jobs in the world and pleased to have been with this company for twenty twenty one years, but it's, it hasn't been the same along the way. It's yeah. been a great ride. And, and like I say, roles of increasing uh, responsibility on a personal level, I'm about to celebrate my 30 year anniversary in September. And We've got three babies, 29, 25, and 18. And um, just blessed uh, as I could Amazing. possibly
0: be. Congratulations on that. Me and my wife just celebrated 21 um, on the 15th. So she hasn't locked me out of the house yet. She, I think she may have tried, but, you know, I, I know all the secret codes. But congratulations on that, congratulations. Sir, for sure. Let, let, let me talk to you a little bit about the roles that, that, that you say that, that you're in right now and that and you're focused on. Sure. And, and again, the fact that we've talked about you doing a lot of traveling, or, or, you know, you have to be in front of a lot of audiences. Yeah. Last 15 months or so, the planet stopped not just California, not just Texas where you are, but literally the planet stopped and everyone had to pivot. Everyone had to become flexible in terms of how they do business, how they engage from a personal and uh, professional perspective. How has that been, I guess, for you? Because again, uh, I made the joke before we went on, you've got gold, elite, diamond status with all of the airlines, (laughs) right? You sit up with the pilot and they they know you like Norm from Cheers when you walk on. So so how has that been kind of adjusting to... This new norm that, that that we have in the world today.
1: Yeah, I'll say it before the pandemic I was on the road all the time. I didn't realize how much I was on the road until pandemic slowed me down a little bit. In twenty nineteen I literally did two hundred and fifty thousand air miles, right? Being out with our team members across the globe, being out with customers and partners, being on stages, evangelizing messages of inclusion, right? And so being grounded was was a significant change. You, you joke about these different statuses. I remember I, I, at a time I had a, a status on United Airlines that allowed they call it global services, it's like their top level. And it allowed me to sometimes, you know how they board and order, James? So will say, okay, active duty military. Yeah. Uh, when, um, parents with small children, Brian Tippins. <laughs> Group, right. <laughs> See,
0: y'all, y'all thought I was joking, right? right. <laughs> Brother Tippins really is known out here in these streets. You better Google him. You better Google this Yeah,
1: that, that meant I was just traveling way too much, but I enjoyed that. And you yeah. know, when you travel a lot, every small bit of additional comfort makes a, a big difference. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I can't say I love the travel, but I certainly love the things that I was able to do mm-hmm. and connect with people all around the globe on many different levels and make an impact. That was great. I would say that. With COVID, I, we didn't miss as much of a beat as I thought we would. So we went, hmm. like every company in the world, th- to think immediately about the health and well being of our team members around the world, right? Were people safe? Were we adhering to lockdown restrictions across the globe? Mm -hmm. And then we moved towards work accommodations where people to be able to be connected and Zoom and stay effective and make sure work was getting done. But I pivoted very quickly to kind of the health and well-being of our team members around the world. Those who work for me, those I work with, right? Because you can imagine this was not easy for all of us. And while working at home may mean one thing for me in Houston, Texas or you in Northern California, right? It means I've gotta be in my comfortable home in front of my technology. For my team members in, in Chennai, India, it meant something a little bit different, right? Mm, it just, mm-hmm. it's people had different levels of comfort with working at home. And I was concerned about levels of stress and anxiety that might manifest from being disconnected. And so, one thing that I did, James, was just over rotate on connecting, doing more meetings, doing more open door doing more virtual happy hour or coffee chat or whatever you want to call it. Let's just get on a Zoom and reproduce what we would have had if we were in the office with the cool water cooler, right? Exactly. Just acknowledging that we all have different needs of being able to connect. And so I've over rotated on being connected. And the odd thing is I feel like in a lot of ways we've done a better job of staying connected on Zoom or Google Hangouts or the insert native technology here um, than we were even before. I on a personal level uh, early on in pandemic, I started doing a Sunday family get together. Let's make sure that mom and Aunt Margaret and the cousins and all of us are just connected to make sure everyone's safe. And that turned into a weekly Zoom call that we Amazing. still do to this day Amazing. and our seeing family even more than we were before. And so I, I just I encourage people, whether you're people leader, team member, whoever you are, just leverage the technology and, and focus on being able to stay connected because it's just it's so important.
0: I lo- I love that, and I'm, my 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 dad is online, and and I, I've had conversations, you know, again with him and my extended family as well. Yeah. You, you have to have that conversation. You have to stay connected. You have to have that that uh, check in with folks, right? Because you you start taking things for granted, and then then the world stops, and then you realize, man, I sure do wish I can go see my mother, but you know, I I can't because we have to be whatever the case may be, but. Mental health uh, awareness, mental health initiatives. Just again, making sure, checking in on your um, "quote unquote" brother and sister on on your on your colleagues, your teammates. That really is 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 important, and I am glad to hear that you
1: have embraced those activities. Can I Uh, tack something onto that, James? So I had the luxury of before, right before pandemic, in January of twenty twenty, I had the honor of being in Davos, Switzerland, World Economic Forum, on a stage talking about mental health and wellness. It was a, it was a panel discussion put together by a Kearney consulting firm. It was a few of us talking about this topic of joy at work, connected yeah. workplaces versus disconnected employees. And we're talking about mental health and wellness about we were going through tough times about there's different levels of anxiety around the world, whether it's for political reasons, geopolitical reasons, what economic reasons, and that we as employers kind of owed it to our employees to realize that they don't leave their fears and apprehensions at the front door when they come to work, that we mm. should be thinking about okay. mental, on all, mental health and, and wellness on all levels. That was before COVID. That was before <laughs> George Floyd. That was before all that we've gone through in this last year and a half. So not only to your point is important to check in, but just to realize we're all going through a lot, whether we acknowledge it or not, and to whatever extent we could I say James that in times like this in times of uncertainty we're all looking for some direction something to anchor on mm-hmm. we're all looking for the light and so we make a choice whether we're going to find the light or be the light oh, wow. <laughs> I think all of us sort of kind of need to to be the light to be I that anchor that. and that's, that's all of, that's very much in fitting what, what what you're doing here I love that appreciate you for for
0: that comment as well sir so what what are you doing I'm going to turn it around. What are you doing for yeah. you? Right. Because again, you, you are, again, you're the, you're the people leader. You're the, you're the uh, CXO large yeah. organization, but what does Brian Tippins do when it's, it's self-care time, right? I'm mean, again, and if you have some best practices for, for folks, maybe in, in terms of, again, yeah. because, cause we're not going to change. We're not, we're not going back. Right. I mean, there, there are so yeah. many things that are going to continue to be part of the, the, the long-term psyche of, of the planet and how we do business, especially right of how we need to just be, be different in how we engage. Are you, are you spending time meditating? Are you spending time reading? Are you spending time putting yeah. up, ho- putting up hog tents, uh, Hog, right. hog <laughs> c- <laughs> inside truck, know, folks, but I'm, we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but, <laughs> but you know, what, you what you do you do to take up, care of yourself, sir? What do you <laughs>
1: yeah you must follow me on social you, you know you, know, high, I you, you know, know I do you know I do yeah. so I um, you made a really good point about the fact that we're, we're changed and, and we will come out of this this right this time this mm-hmm. period this pandemic this current mode of operation but we're not going to come out of it at the same pace. There's certainly certain communities that are going to be more adversely impacted than other communities. Many of us won't have the plant to go back to or the fast food job to go back to or whatever, right? It's going to be a different pace of coming out of it. But no matter where you sit on the hierarchy, it we're, we're forever changed by this on some level. And so it's important to realize, to your point, the importance of taking time. I would say I don't do as good a job as I should of taking time. I haven't done. I've kind of dabbled in the mindfulness and the. I've promised my wife that I'm going to do yoga at some point, but I haven't yeah. done that yet. And I, But I, I'd say what I do do and what being off of the airplanes and, and grounded has caused me to do is just spend more time just being present. Mm. Whatever that means, just be present. Just like take that. a moment and just take a breather. Conversations like this are a great opportunity just to be present. Because for the forty minutes that we're together, I'm not multitasking on ten different calls and looking at the text messages and things like that. <laughs> oh, right? you're lo-
0: you're probably looking at them. I know. I know no, right?
1: you, <laughs> they're off camera. I, right? I know how
0: your mind works. <laughs> look, you you you've got a phone somewhere. You got a yeah. tablet somewhere. I I, I know. It, you, it's, it's
1: It's face down though. It's face oh, down. I promise. That <laughs> one
0: is. There's there's probably another one somewhere. That that's uh. It's it's all good,
1: brother. It's no, all good. But he- you know, you joke about that, but that's how we, that's how we roll. That's how all of us, that's how we roll. I'm sure how your listeners roll. It's always being tethered to a device and I won't be, you know, stereotypical trite and just like put down the phone. It's, it, it's not that easy. It's about acknowledging and being present. And so one thing I've done, and you mentioned the hogs is that being grounded. I'm based here in Houston, Texas just north of Houston, Texas. And I've been here for the better part of 15 years, but I've spent more time on planes and airports than yeah. my local community. And so being grounded has caused me, my family, to be more uh, focused on local community, that which we can do within a drive. And we've been able to reconnect with my kind of heritage legacy small town, about 90 minutes east, it's called Ames, Texas. Mm-hmm. And it's a small town from where I can trace my lineage back five, five generations. Amazing. To, uh, Well, Creole family, former slave who came in with some founding fathers to found this small town. And I've been 90 minutes from Ames for 15 years, but it's taken COVID and being grounded to spend more time there. And so we're able to spend more time there. Quiet, one stoplight town, great people, great strong (laughs) community ties catfish pond. You, you mentioned the hogs. I got a, a hog guy now <laughs> on my staff who comes in to help trap the, the feral hogs that cause damage on the hayfield in a very uh, safe and uh, responsible way. You know, he transplants the hogs to be bred and all. So it, it's a whole lifestyle thing. But the answer to the question is just being being present and enjoying yeah. the moment and not always looking forward to the next vacation or retirement to have some quiet time. So, I need to do better. If you have any tips, I'll look, take them. Look
0: at you! You got you got like one finger pointing out and three pointing back at you, right? It's it's kind of <laughs> a, an intervention for for both of us here.
1: There you go. Yeah.
0: I want to ask a question, and this is not even was not even part of my current questions, but you, you touched on sure. something. And this is actually a, a serious conversation that I typically have with folks. Yep. We both are in the technology field. We we both. I I honestly have have issues with this. I I feel that you know that that short attention span, that kind of what we talked about. Everyone's looking at their phone. Everyone's looking at all these multiple screens, whatever the case may be. We're the reason for that. We proliferate that, right? We sell the server, the storage, the networking, the connectivity, and, yeah. and things of that nature. I I I feel a certain responsibility. Again, being part of one of the the large Fortune five hundred or however many companies yeah. that, that that sell this technology, of some of that. I'm gonna say it. Dumbing down of society, right? Again, we, yeah. we are so reliant now on looking at this phone and knowing instantly right. what's going on around the planet, as opposed to when we were growing up, right? Getting the news yeah. and watching it at 11 o'clock at night. Here's Walter Cronkite yeah. with the the updates, and then at midnight the TV went off, right? Right. Things are so different now, and and I and I I struggle with with, with this whole dynamic when people ask what yeah. I do, and then when I see all of these different social networks coming up that are taking our, yeah. our attention, you know, the, the TikToks, the Snapchats, the fic, whatever yeah, the man. case may be. Do you have any of those conversations? Because I know you engage with a lot of young uh, engineers, which is why I'm wearing this code hat. You know, I'm I'm wearing this for you, okay. right? Like so, so you, 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 you get I the, I know you get the But because you know, <laughs> they're the ones that are coming in next that are going to be building these platforms, building these technologies and, and helping shape the next paradigm. What are your thoughts on that? Again, maybe it's just me having kind of a conflict of interest in selling all sure. the storage to Facebook. And next thing you know, they're taking everyone's attention and they're not actually doing those times of engaging with
1: their family and having those conversations. Yeah, I don't, I, that's a great question. I don't know that I've got a perfect answer to it, but I acknowledge that it, it's a problem. I'm, I'm, I feel lucky to have grown up at a time when I did, when you know every bit of technological advancement was exciting because it was yeah. all so new and back in the days i cut my teeth on on basic programming I don't know if anybody knows what that is, but programming <laughs> basic and turning on pixels to do graphics. Yes, if them statements right. <laughs> and in those days, you appreciated every little bit and every new technological advancement because it was just so new and exciting. And I think we've just gone advanced so far, so fast. I can't even fathom being a developer now, just the concepts mm-hmm. are so different. Uh, there's a concept I call, I call technical, techno lust. In the early days mm-hmm. of technology, it was trying to find technological solutions to solve real world business or societal problems, right? And we advanced so far, that's not the case anymore. It's what's that next new thing and create right. a technology in search of a, an application for that technology, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't have an answer other than to say, we, we, we need to fix, figure that out. So I think we've created without making sweeping generalization, certainly in a, a generation where there, there's an argument that folks don't have to learn. Like, I don't need to learn and memorize history, memorize that poem. I'm gonna Google it right now. Right? Right.
0: <laughs> or, or you don't need to know long, complicated math. Cause you can just pull out the, uh,
1: yeah.
0: pull it out. You, you, I know you've got the 12 C right there. Ladies I got and gentlemen, in my,
1: yeah, back, back in my days. In fact, I got this when I started with HP in Roseville, California, right around the time I met you right in the 2000 timeframe. And you know, you had to do the reverse Polish notation. And, and even oh though this God, was a, a technological advice you had to have some smarts to be able to use that device. But there's nothing that I can do on this device in minutes that I can't do on cell phone in (laughs) seconds. Right. (laughs) And so and the important thing about that is what we learned when we were coming up and learning and challenging ourselves, there's certainly a lot, James, that you learned early on that you don't use in your day to day life, but you were learning how to learn. That was the most important thing, stretching your mind, stretching your perspectives. And I think if we don't retool and get back to that, we're, we're gonna lose some of this technological advancement because we haven't created a generation of coders, developers, user interface designers who know how to think outside the box and apply new thinking, right? So mm-hmm. I don't have an answer to the question other than to say, I acknowledge it's a big <laughs> issue and we gotta figure out how to fix it.
0: Well, I know a guy uh, yeah. named Brian Tippins. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna introduce yeah. you to him and I, and he, he knows some folks <laughs> okay. uh, and, and he may be able to help out with that. I say that to set up kind of this conversation, and I want to ask you to dive deeper into this scenario right here, if you could take a look at this.
1: Okay. I'm a critical uh, advocate of the the importance of role models, about sponsorship, about mentorship, and and rising up our rising stars for their visibility. Brian deserves a a
0: special shout out. This is not on the program because it is his presence. He is the head factor while we're here today. And that means that we must feed the flowers that we robbed. If you see a turtle on top of a tall pole, you no know one thing, he did not get that by himself. Yeah. Now, I'm not gonna ask about the joke because I, I actually had listened to it a couple of times. I said, "This, what did this man say? But I'm gonna listen, because you know, it's, it's Reverend Jesse Jackson. <laughs> right. Talk to the people a little bit about that, because again, like like I say, you've been on multiple stages, you've been around world leaders. You are you've got the Reverend Jesse Jackson in, in your rolodex, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Kind of kind of that type of relationship with folks like that. Talk to us a little bit about having those connections and and being having any sense of responsibility or having any sense yeah. of you know being in kind of that circle of of consciousness, and and then also about
1: the the acknowledgement that that, that
0: the Reverend made to you.
1: Yeah, so so that is a blessing. And I know that there's some people that love Reverend Jackson, some that don't love Reverend Jackson, he's been a controversial figure. And he's the first person to admit that he says, you know, God's not done with me yet. He mm-hmm. knows he's a work in progress. But no matter what your feelings are, you have to respect the impact that he's made through generate through a generation through decades of the civil rights movement and hasn't given up and wavered. He was just this week the other day in France being essentially the, the equivalent of being knighted by president Macron. It was the highest oh, okay. civilian honor that, okay. that can be given. And so I love Reverend Jackson, I'll say unapologetically, unap- but pre- placing some context around that, that was a, a gathering at HP, HPE a few years ago at one of our Black History events and Reverend Jackson was kind enough to sit on stage with us and he gave me that glowing compliment. I didn't get the joke at the time either, but I can explain it. <laughs> so, but, but back up to why he was there. So we work in this technology industry and it's all about advancement. It's it's the next goal rush. It's the wave of prosperity and we should be sure to be that that all of us have equal access to that prosperity. But our valley, our Silicon Valley, our tech industry today doesn't represent all of us equally, right? If you look at the demographics in Silicon Valley, the the representation of women in leadership roles, the representation of ethnic minorities, African American, Hispanic, Asian are not what we think we should be. There's different arguments about what the number should be, whether Mm -hmm. it should be reflected of the broader population or you could do whatever calculations. I think the key message is it's just not enough. Uh, Representation of African-American, for example, if you look at the big tech firms, tends to be around maybe two or 3% of total workforce, which is just, it's, it's not enough. And so Reverend Jackson, if you watch his history, Reverend Jackson Rainbow Push Coalition have been focused on a number of social movements over the years to open up the doors, to provide transparency, to ideally inject some inclusion in various industries. They had set their sights at one point on the bottling industry, at some sort point on the automotive industry, at some point on Wall Street. And so several years ago, Reverend Jackson came to the Valley. They had been there once before over a decade before but the economic downturn the the, the recession it, it set their sights elsewhere but in 2014 they came back to the valley and reverend jackson came to hp first because our our shareholder meeting was kind of first in the agenda yeah. and he reasoned that it wasn't about protesting and op-eds it wasn't about fight the power It wasn't about demonstrating if i own enough shares of a stock i can go to a shareholder meeting and be heard Mm -hmm. and he came to our shareholder meeting and he read a statement calling on hp specifically but the valley generally to be transparent talk about your workforce demographics what is the makeup of your workforce what are you doing to provide opportunity and i swear that started this cascade of technology companies opening up the books hp cisco intel a small handful of companies had long been transparent a number of companies followed thereafter appointed chief diversity officers talked about their workforce demographics right and it started some movement and Mm -hmm. many of your listeners may pay attention to this right and it has nothing to do with anyone's political values or anything else we just want to provide an inclusive environment where all have equal access to opportunity and bring that innovation that will help bring our industry forward and so that was just one example james of of relationships that i've been able to nurture and help to foster and help to feed into I said a long time ago this quote that uh, a true measure of success in any worthwhile endeavor is when your heroes become your peers and not to say that I'm peer with Reverend Jackson or any of these folks but to be able to 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 interface with to have the blessing and honor of their time and be able to sit at the table and help to work collaboratively on solutions means just so much. So on this diversity journey, this inclusion journey, we we totally have tons of work to do, but I feel good about the strides that we're collectively making.
0: I, I agree with you. And that that's an amazing quote and statement that you made right there. And again, but I, I think, and I can speak candidly about what you're doing, your organization, they have the right person in place, right? Because it, it's not just... You, and you've had all the titles. You you have the the, the JD at the back of your neck, right? You, you've got that, but you, you that doesn't matter. What resonates, and I've seen, again, over your many, many illustrious years of, of service, that you care about the individual, right? I, yeah. I see I see you taking the behind-the-scenes photos of, again, those young engineers who still have the open eyes and, and, the, and the minds of, I can change the world. I can do what my old boss, Steve Jobs, said. I'm trying to just put a dent in the universe, right? Yeah. And, and you're, you're, you're tapping into that and then bringing everyone together. So it doesn't look the same as it has for the past 20, 30, 40, 50, however many years within corporate America or, or society. So I, I applaud you that. And I want to give you those flowers uh, up front for sure, sir. I, I
1: appreciate that. And yeah. I'll take that. And you apparently have, have paid attention. <laughs> I appreciate I, I, that. Brother, I, I'm, look,
0: I'm, I, I am a fan. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the president of the Brian Tippett's uh, fan club. I appreciate club. It.
1: As, as I have followed you and all your activities accolades and achievements. And I appreciate all that you're doing, because it's just as you said, some of us have the benefit uh, of, you know, having positions that allow us to make broad impact, but everyone is in a position to make an impact. Whether you're the early career, two months on the job, or the seasoned executive with Mm -hmm. the gray hair and the graying beard or whatever it is, we're all in a position to make an impact on a daily basis, right? Mm -hmm. Another good quote I like is attributable to Jennifer Brown who's author, diversity and inclusion advocate, I, she asked, I don't know if this is from a book, I certainly have seen her tweet. The question, what have you done today to use your social capital to help someone who doesn't look like you? It's as simple as that. Oh, wow. It's it call, calling in somebody in a meeting whose voice isn't being heard, or, you know, wow. calling out some opinion or, or talking about somebody in a meeting when they're not there and giving them some accolades. What else? What can we do to just help yes. make it? It's not just pure altruism. We all benefit, right? Mm -hmm. Whether the technology is better because you build a more diverse team to build more innovation or whatever it is. We all have to go to work every day. We may as well make it as fun and engaging. We might as as well well want to get up
0: out of the bed because the bed is comfortable, but I may at (laughs) least want to get up and go get on a Zoom call with Brian.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And if there's something we don't like about the environment, what can we do in any small way to, to try to fix it, right?
0: There's everyone's call to action right there, for sure. Mm-hmm. Alyssa is asking a question here, which, which is very, very good and very interesting. She says, did Brian set out in his career to be a mover and shaker, or did he accept the opportunities that came his way?
1: I, I, I love that question. Thank you, Alyssa. I, I'd say kind of both. So I am um, fra- born and raised in West Oakland, California. And I, where, where are you based, James? you in Sacramento area? No, I'm still, I moved, so I moved to Roseville.
0: So after you left, okay. Okay. I, I said, well, let me go and move closer to the, to the site. I'm, I'm literally right around the corner from the, uh, from the campus.
1: All right. Perfect. Do so you know, I'm sure I've heard of West Oakland. It was, a uh, mm-hmm. at the time kind of lower middle-class was primarily African-American environment when I was growing up in the seventies, eighties. And for listeners who don't know, you could probably compare it to third ward Houston or Bronx, I don't know, insert your name of underrepresented community here. Right? And it was at a time when. Um, I, I, I grew, grew an appreciation for wanting to make an impact in my community. While I grew up in one part of town, my parents had an appreciation for education and sent me to school across town, and so I was able to go to kind of the, the, the integrated, but primarily a majority population parochial schools. I was I, I grew up generally used to being one of the only minorities in the room. Certainly, as I moved in my corporate career, and so uh, some of it I just kind of was able to kind of walk into. And at some point in your career there's some most of us senior executives have some aha moment where we realize the call to power the call to responsibility the need to make an impact and look back because there's no magical moment where you go from being junior to being mid career to being senior it's it's not an instant that it happens right but for most of us there's some moment where we realize this responsibility that we have to give back and so i won't say you know i was i was always driven you know student council president in my grade school and all those things <laughs> right but but i think a lot of this you just kind of you you look into right you luck into it's a lot of hard work but also luck when you realize you've got the opportunity and with that comes the responsibility Mm -hmm. to to drive for impact and for the better i love that i love that
0: i'm gonna throw another surprise you you didn't know anything about uh, the jesse jackson
1: let me tell you though but but at the punchline i didn't get it but i think the idea (laughs) is that if you see a turtle on a small pole on a pole Chances are that turtle didn't climb up and get there by himself. Somebody came along the way and lifted that turtle off the ground and put it on top of the pole. That's and what I, I got think from it. Trying to say, <laughs> no, well, well, you so, know, he's
0: on a whole nother plane, whole nother oh, level, shit. right? So you know, we we exactly. mere mere mortals, mere citizens, have to catch up, right? He, he's exactly. flying. <laughs>
1: you saw my response. I was like Reverend Jackson. Whatever you say, man.
0: <laughs> Talk to <laughs> us a little bit about this picture right here, and it's timely. It's incredibly it's timely, time. timely it's right? Time. right? Because, I, because I watched. Uh, Van get the award yesterday from from Jeff Bezos from Amazon. Talk to us a little bit about this engagement and, and, and this
1: relationship that you have as well. Yeah, that man right there, I tell you. So I um, um I don't know Van well. We've we've interfaced at various times over the years. He uh, We actually met through Rainbow Push and doing some things with Reverend Jackson, but I've, uh, this was at his 50th birthday party in San Francisco. It was a bit of a blowout a couple of years ago, and, and I've been a follower and a fan of all he's done. I've had the honor of sitting, sitting on panels with him or moderated by him, so I've always been a big fan. And I've been a big fan. I became acquainted with Van when, in the first Obama administration when some of you may recall he was one of the early appointees is Obama's green czar, was supposed to be looking after creating jobs around environmental sustainability, the move towards greening our economy. And it was based on some community work that had previously done in the Bay Area around taking underrepresented individuals and teaching them how to put solar panels on roofs. And so he has a long history of community service and doing good work. And you have all seen his meteoric rise the CNN commentary, all the good work that he's done. But many people may not know that when he's off the stage of CNN, he's doing real quality work around penal justice reform around releasing of prisoners who were improperly incarcerated. He's done a lot around criminal justice reform and worked with a lot of organizations on many different levels. He was involved with My Brother's Keeper. earlier, So a lot of good positive things. And so I always admired his attention to that focus. And apparently I wasn't the only one watching because Jeff Bezos, <laughs> <laughs> was it yesterday, day before? It was yesterday, yeah. yeah. It was yesterday when everyone was focusing on the space race. And I'll I'll admit I've seen a lot of people with some negative commentary about these very rich executives with too much money to even measure going on this space race. Why aren't they focused on humanity and they can save so many people with that money. And so Bezos, between announcements about his space race, announced he was going to give $100 million to Van $100 million also to Chef Jose Andres, who's done a lot of great work around solving hunger and and coming in where folks are in harm's way after disasters to feed. And he's done a lot of that on his own dime and kind of grassroots. And so Van specifically now has $100 million, which is kind of life-changing. And and with the faith of Jeff Bezos to say, Van, I've seen what you've done and how you've invested. I have faith in your judgment. You spend this how you choose to spend it. And so I think I haven't seen the T's and C's of the contract. He could choose to put it all in his own nonprofits if he wants to. I know he won't. I know yeah. he's got a, and I'm sure his phone was ringing a lot as soon as, that <laughs> was made. as, soon as everyone's <laughs> mouth,
0: you know, they picked their mouth up off the floor. And, and was that $100 million? Because I was, I was <laughs> watching it. And because no one, like you say, no one expected that of, of only no. the people, I guess, in, in the room. And then no. Van walks up and I'm like, oh, look at it. I, I immediately sent out a tweet. To to Van and said congratulations brother well well deserved but 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 you're right 100 I think that action and tell me your thought that action changed that whole mentality and perspective of what these again high financial value individuals are yeah they're going to space but you know what Jeff just gave 200 million dollars out just like that yeah yeah it's a drop in the bucket for his overall wealth. Total, yeah. but it, it's, it's life-changing money for the individuals and for the organizations that they're going to be working with. Uh, I, agree. I, again, yeah. I, I think no better, no two better recipients of that. And I, and I'm sure that they're going to do some, some real good, good, good work with that.
1: I, I love the approach. I never thought of an approach like that. We saw the partnership of Bill Gates and I just lost the name. Um, Oh, man, I just lost in the richest man in the world, investor, financier, um, Warren Buffett, Hathaway, Warren Warren Buffett, Buffett, right? So we've seen their partnership around philanthropy. And that makes sense. I never foresaw something like this, where it's really uh, the wealthy individual saying, I want to make an impact. You can do this better than me, right? Mm -hmm. And just saying, I trust your judgment. And going back and tying back to the previous conversation, Van has done nothing in his life. To to say one day somebody's going to give me a hundred million dollars for this, he built a life of credibility and service in thirty years of full mm-hmm. focus, and then he got that recognition. So it goes back to that thing: is what do we, what can we do every day to to live every up day. to up to our purpose to do the good, at some point we might get rewarded for it. At some point we might get a hundred million dollars for it. At some point we might get the benefit of that phone call that somebody says, I, I'm glad you were there because I saw what you did and I admire what you do. And right, yes. you know, the, the service is, is the reward in itself, yeah. but that, that's super timely. I'm glad you called that out. I, I want everybody to, to know more about that amazing Definitely. story.
0: Well, I'm gonna add on that and piggyback on that. So folks there, you know, it's a conscious reason for what I, what I do around here, right? So sure. uh, the, the, the Jesse Jackson, clip and the and the van jones clip brian is in those circles and he's he's walking the walk and talking the talk so folks really pay attention to what this man here to to my side is doing he's 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 engaging and he's got those relationships with folks yeah again he has he's tight he brian has the titles but he's more than just that he is out in the streets he is out there striving for change he doesn't you know, if you want to send him that $100 million, Mr. Bezos, that's okay. Maybe just send me 2% of it. We'll, we'll be fine. But irregardless of that, the work right. is what matters. And, and Brian is yep. out there doing the work. And I just really wanted to to highlight that again, you are engaged and you are working with these types of folks who are actually making changes within the world. So
1: yeah. And there's a long, long list of others, right. Who don't mm. get the, the recognition and I'm, I'm my position is I'm honored to be able to help and serve and, and do what I can to be in the background to help out. And it's a, it's an honor and a luxury to be able to, to have that time and, uh, you know, strive every day to be able to do more. Yes. I love it. I love
0: it. Got Another great question here from Alyssa. Sure. Let me, put this in list a little bit better. So she says, how does Brian suggest recommend a young professional merge their personal passion with their professional career? It seems like he's done it seamlessly being a young boy from West Oakland,
1: <laughs> from the hood,
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, from, from these streets. Right. I mean, but that, that's true. Right. Because, you know, you, you don't, you don't know if there's, a, there's an opportunity or way to get out and which way do you yeah. go? You know, we, we all grew up listening and dancing with hammer right back in Oakland. Right. No, exactly. but that, that, that was us. H- how do you go from, <laughs> from can't touch it to, you know, now, now I, I'm, third, fourth, fifth in command at right. the largest technical
1: company on the planet. I'll say when I talk about people who are, who may not be known names, many people don't know that hammer is still out there every day, doing work around increasing representation of minorities in tech investing yes. in early stage startups. Hammer's a player in, yes. in, in, in the tech world, the tech community, even to this day, I would say it's, um, it's a process right and, and we're, we're, so we're not all in the position in our careers where we can spend the time on this and I, I acknowledge that early in our careers. You've got to do the work and put in the time and build the accolades and build the rapport with your employers to have the luxury of being able to have the time and the bandwidth and the influence to give back. But I would acknowledge that it's important for us to know you said something about following passion you've got to know what it is that you're passionate about and many of us don't take the time to realize that, particularly those of us who are high achievers we are very driven, we wanna look down and just do the best work we can, whether it be the best software developer, the best coder, the best engineer, right? And that's where our focus is, but I think it's important to step back, think about what really drives you at core, because until you acknowledge what that is and really know what that is, you can't be truly successful, right? You have to know what it is you're really passionate about. And to help you get there, I recommend that you ask yourself five questions because you have to figure out what is your passion about we're not all passionate about changing the world and building a more diverse workforce that that's fine you could be irrationally passionate about building code that helps solve business problems and provide efficiency you could be irrationally passionate about music or art whatever it is you've got to figure out where that is unless you acknowledge that and build your world around that you can never be truly successful and Mm. so i'll say these five questions Mm. and they're not my five questions they're five questions that i heard from a gentleman by the name of jonathan sprinkles that's really his name, Sprinkles. So Jonathan Sprinkles. <laughs> you know I'm certain. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan Sprinkles is amazing. Speaker coach. I've been to many of his boot camps over the years. He's helped me with my own speaker game. But he's a, an author, a public speaker, just an amazing motivational guy. But I attended a boot camp with Jonathan years ago where he said, ask yourself these five questions. Find yourself your peaceful time when it's a cup of coffee, a beer, a sitting by the pond, whatever it is. But to really ask yourself these five questions, it, it's who am I? What do I stand for? Who do I feel called to serve? What do I want to be known for? And what do I want to be known as? Wow. And I'll tell you, James, the first time I heard that, I was like, man, that's kind of Oprah-ish, like, like touchy-feely. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, But I did it. And it makes sense. You have to identify that. When you talked about getting out of bed and being motivated, you have to be irrationally passionate about something that drives you to want to do that. That's Jonathan right there, the connection lab. Great guy. Follow him if you're not following If you don't know who Jonathan is, you should know who Jonathan is. But he he was the one who turned me on to those five questions, which, which helps. So to the question, I think it was Alyssa, I think ask yourself those questions. Identify that which makes you want to get out of the bed in the morning that you're passionate about, and then you could build your career around it. It may be something that aligns with your professional goals. It might be something distinct and different. It might be something you have to do in your spare time. Mm. But I think those of us who are the most satisfied and successful in life, are those who can be around continuity of purpose and and not have to code switch and do one thing for nine hours a day and then do something else. Right. So try to find that passion.
0: I love that. I love that. While we got the web up here, talk a little bit about this fantastic domain, Brian You, you have kind of collated a, a lot of your activities, right? What you're doing from a corporate perspective, what you're doing from a passion project perspective here uh, talking, your speaking engagements and and, and things of that nature. Talk to us a little bit about how they can see behind the curtain and and get to know Brian a little bit more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Please visit the site. My, uh, I, my disclaimer and I was telling James before this, this is stale content. I need to do much better to update. I was on my game at one point in time and I was doing all my updates and my content, my blog posts, I fall a little bit behind, so please forgive me for that. But I encourage you to visit bryantippins.com to check out some of that. And I'm very easy to find on social media. I keep my name everywhere. I am bryantippins.com, bryantippins on Twitter, et cetera. But I think an important piece of this, there's those of us who are public people like James Hicks, new media, James Hicks perspective and focus. You're about the brand. That's your business, right? You do a great job with that. There's some of us that aren't about the brand. We're corporate folks. And not enough of us take advantage of the platforms that we have as corporate folks or small business owners to build the brand while you've got the platform. I met so many people who end up losing their job or being displaced and saying, man, I got to go build my LinkedIn profile now because I need a new job. I'm like, why didn't you use the platform? you (laughs) had?" a little late now, don't you? (laughs) Right, exactly. And so I started this journey years ago um, on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Tippins.com. I'm not selling a product. I'm sharing. That's all mm-hmm. I do is share. And I'm like, build it and they will come. And someday that platform will exactly. benefit me in some way. Exactly. So I encourage all your listeners, if you don't own first.last, if you don't own your domain name, go get your domain name before somebody else does. Even if all you do is put up a static page with your picture and a couple lines from your resume, it's, it's the new thought leadership. When I was a kid, the thought leader was the person who was being featured on the Donahue show yes. or who was selling the most books on the New York Times. The books, when we actually went and bought books, oh, they are the yeah. way you determine what a thought leader was. The way we determine who a thought leader now is who has the most followers on Twitter or whatever the platform is. Mm-hmm. So build that thought leadership and, and brand now. So thank you for the commercial. I appreciate that.
0: Definitely, definitely. And I, I'm just going to iterate on that as well because that, that really... That's what's driving me to do these sessions. I, I was talking to one of your yeah. colleagues because you know, she wanted to make sure that I was going to do, do you right. And, and hopefully thus yeah. far I, I have done you right. But my whole drive behind this, again, turn the lights on, press record, and let the person I'm interviewing tell their story. There, there is yeah. no ulterior motives. It's really, again, everyone has a story. A lot of times folks will say, I'm not interesting. No one wants to hear what I have to say. That's a yeah. fallacy and that's wrong and I hate those limiting types of statements, those limiting type of conversation. You, on the other hand, know the value again of the brand. You know the value of your message and be yeah. confident in what you're what you're speaking, what you're talking about. So I just want to first and foremost say thank you for giving us some time out of your busy day. I'm not sure if you gotta go back and, and, and hit the, the corporate meetings or go out in the backyard and, and, and hit them hog. I keep I keep I keep, <laughs> I, I keep Coming back to them hog pens that, that, that you got, What yeah, what's, yeah. Go, what's, if, what's going on on the property? What's people, going on if, at, at, yeah. at the
1: Tippins uh, estates? If people follow me as a result of this and connect me <laughs> on Facebook or anywhere, you'll see that between motivational quotes and inspirational this or that or business lessons, from time to time, there's messages about some hogs <laughs> or some other things happening out on the land. I just, it's just so peaceful to be out there in the country and. And kind of could connect with nature and and it's great for me. I'm a city guy, right? So being able to connect with my countryside is a good thing. There's a picture of me in front of the hog pen. (laughs) I I had to do it. You know, I had to do it. And and that, that pen, it's very humane. And you raise it up and my hog man, Daniel, Daniel, the hog man, that's his name. He's got a hog man, but you know when you got a hog man. Yeah. So he's got a sensor out there and whenever there's movement in the pen, he'll get a note on his phone and he could choose when it's time to press the button to deploy the, the cage. And so it's very humane. He can go out there and collect the hogs and he'll sell them to collectors, breeders and stuff. I, I won't lie and say all of them live a long life after being caught, but it's quite humane, the yeah. process, right? Yeah. And so that, that's that's part of my enjoyment. <laughs> So I enjoy that. Can I just say one thing about the brand? Because you mentioned the brand. Most definitely. Most definitely. Two things you mentioned that you were talking to my colleague. I'll, I'll call out Amy, Amy Bodish, who's our, my communications manager and who, uh, all, if I ever look good because of the work that Amy has done. <laughs> to Shout me to out, out to that. Amy right quick. Yes. Right. Exactly. Shout out the brand. It, it's just so incredibly important. We think yeah. many of us work for employers or small businesses, and we're all about the brand and, and enhancing the brand of our employer. I think it's important for us to be thinking about your own personal brand and what are the attributes that you think of when you think about you attributes are tied to any brand if i say mercedes you think of luxury or bmw ultimate driving machine or again name any major brand you're going to think about some attributes i ask people what are the attributes people think about when i mention your name mm. is it always on time is it aloof is it well presented whatever those attributes are we've always got to be thinking about those because no matter what level you are in your organization someone is always watching Someone is always watching and your reputation precedes you. So always we should be thinking about our own brand and not just from a brand social media logo standpoint, what's the brand and the attributes people think about when they think about us. So I love my, that. That's, I, my, that's, my, that's my advice. I,
0: I, I was going to ask, you know, how to close the session out, but there it is right there. Brian Tippin's giving us a, a, a lesson, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you were yeah. taking notes because this man right here and, and that man, that, that's so relevant. And that's so true. Brian, let me, let me, let's go and get focused, man. I I appreciate you.
1: I appreciate you. Thank you for the time.
0: Hard hard stop. I appreciate you, man. Because again, you, you're doing some, some really good work and you're doing it because you know, it needs to be done. You're not, you're not doing it for the likes. You're not doing it for the shares. You're not doing it for the retweets. You're doing it because you know, it needs to get done. And I, I, uh, I, I can guarantee you everyone that you're touching is, um, a better person for it from, um, mentality perspective from just just an engagement perspective and just just knowing that they can do x y and z right put your mind into it put your focus into it put your heart and your drive into it they can do it because you are living proof of that so um, thank you for everything that you do sir continue to do what you do and i I hope we can keep these having these conversations Um,
1: i appreciate it thanks for all you do to make sure people's stories are heard thanks to you for the time thank you brian be well sir thank you